0: I have over $32,000 in credit card debt. My goal was to pay them by the highest APR, but my family told me paying off the highest balances saved me the most money. What do I do? Welcome back, everyone, for episode three of A Financial Way. Danny here again, back with Abe. Today's topic Hello. is credit cards and the significance of paying off your credit card debt on time. Let's get right into it. Should I pay a high-balance, low-interest, or low-balance, high-interest credit card first? This is posted by Electronic Aid 7822 This is, again, on the personal finance subreddit. Story goes, I have 32221 in credit card debt. Discover It has 4,688 APR with 22.99%. Discover It 2 has 5,919, 22.99%. And it's just a giant list of different expenses and credit card debts that they have. For example, Capital One Quicksilver with $3,075, at so 22.99%. Amex, you have Citi in there, Capital One Platinum. And it says in the very bottom, my goal was to pay them down by the highest APR, but my family told me paying off the highest balance would save me the most money. Can someone explain to me which one is the better choice and why? If I only pay the minimum on high balance, and my entire payment only goes towards the interest and not towards the principal. Will this hold me back? Thank you for your help, Abe. You want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So uh, he he brings up a very good question. Which one is better, paying that highest APR or paying down highest amount on each card? Uh, for me, it all it all comes down to the math. I think if if the math makes sense that you pay off the highest amount that has like a decent amount of APR, it makes sense. But if you have a card that has such a high APR and not a big amount of money, but it's just going to accumulate so much, then you go with that. Uh, but yeah, that's how I think about it. But Danny, what do you think? What what do you think is more important, paying off your higher APR or paying off your highest amount on
0: cards? Yeah, for sure. And again, thanks everyone for, for listening in. And I think a really good uh, segue for us to actually discuss is what exactly is an APR? You know, I don't think maybe all of our viewers might understand what that is, or essentially what even credit cards are. And I think maybe we can probably step it back with all this talk going on in this story, and maybe we can kind of simplify it. I think maybe that would help a little bit ease some of the tensions and confusion that goes around with credit cards. as uh, as, As everyone knows, credit cards are essentially a revolving line of credit. They are essentially money that is given from a bank in the form of, for example, a credit card. And this money, you borrow it. However, this borrowed money is not your money. You are borrowing it from someone else. You are becoming the borrower where the bank is a lender. And essentially, you have to repay that money back in order for you to get back that limit of what your credit card is. So some credit cards have a limit of 2,000, 3,000, 200, 300, however, you can kind of start from a different set of range. But honestly, you start with a balance, you borrow a certain amount, and then you have to pay back within a specific, uh, specified time. So usually it's within month installments. Um, Abe, do you wanna talk a little bit what the importance of APR is and essentially what interest is?
1: Yeah, so APR stands for annual percentage rate, and it's essentially how these credit cards are able To lend you that money they also have to make money to keep their companies running so apr is basically a percentage that you would have to pay if you don't pay them the back the money right away in the amount that you're supposed to so let's say for example i borrow a thousand dollars and i don't pay it by the end of the next uh billing cycle they're going to make me pay a certain amount of percentage on that money every single month and Usually APRs go from twenty percent to about like thirty percent. Some people could have lower than on credit cards on credit yeah. cards, um, uh, but I don't see a lot of people having below twenty percent. But that basically that number just means that take that number divided by twelve months if you're going to keep it for the entire year, and that's how much every single month you're going to be charged in interest that you would have to pay. And it's,
0: exactly, and it's it's super important to be tackling it on because. I'm pretty sure for the most part, this might be one of the the most highest interest rate items out there when you're borrowing from an institution or from from anything. Honestly, I feel like a lot of people don't really recognize this because some people might consider a credit card to be a pretty small, you know, basic day-to-day kind of thing, you know? It's just something that they have very similar to how people just normally have checking and savings accounts. This really feels like a lot of people can kind of put this behind them not realize the importance of how much debt can really accrue from this. And that's where it becomes pretty pretty bad, honestly. I mean, there's a statistic going around on CNBC where 63% of individuals are living paycheck to paycheck, and it's rising fast. And it's a scary amount. And even those who have six-figure earnings are definitely still seeing that stress. uh, 47% are reported living paycheck to paycheck of those earning more than six figures. And that's a jump from prior 43% back in of November 2022. So that's that's kind of scary. You're making way more than the median average household income yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck and that's almost half of those people that fall within that range. It's a pretty scary metric to believe. I mean, see, for me, I, it's very terrifying for me
1: to see that the number of people that are actually carrying debt from month to month has grown grown from 39% to now it's like almost 47%. It's just they're accruing so much interest every single month and they don't understand how hard and challenging it's going to be both mentally and like financially to pay that off.
0: Mm -hmm. No, 100%. And I, I think another crazy thing too is this isn't really taught in school. So when things like this aren't taught in school, you don't really develop a good guideline of how to tackle it. Same thing with taxes, same thing with retirement funds, same thing with saving. A lot of people don't understand this because they weren't taught it in school, that it becomes very hard to develop an overall consensus of what to actually do. And people start to formulate their own opinions on what they think is best. And again, mm-hmm. a lot of people clearly don't know what's best because as you can see, living paycheck to paycheck. And again, you know, not everyone necessarily has the best circumstances, but in the times in which you can control it, in which you do have the opportunity to stay ahead, it's unfortunate to see people not get ahead. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. to see people actually fall behind and have to tackle that credit card debt when, and you know, to begin with, as if they controlled their spending habits or if they managed their budget better, they could have easily uh, over overcome this this hurdle. And I think I feel like it's such a really important topic. Abe. Do you know how Definitely. many Americans own credit cards, Abe? No, but I
1: feel like you're about to tell me.
0: Yeah, it's right here. Using the U.S. Census Bureau, it estimates around $253 millions in the U.S. Wow. That's crazy. You're talking about a massive amount of individuals who have the opportunity to take money out at such a high APR rate and spend it however they can. And then the fact that over 40-ish percent, 50 you know, high amounts of, of percentages just indicating that these people are carrying balances month to month. And even some are living paycheck to paycheck. It's scary. It's a very scary thought. And this is where the whole idea of personal finance is critical. It's critical for your uh, your retirement. It's critical for financial independence. It's critical for making sure that you understand how to live a life too. I feel like a lot of people really like to live a life, which is why they have probably a whole lot of debt. Maybe they're spending stuff that's not necessarily a need and more so a luxury. But if you're having this issue, this is going to impact you for a lot of your life. Because again, what a lot of people don't realize too, that this also impacts your credit score. Credit score is yeah, very I mean, important. It's,
1: it's very it's very sad to see a lot of people having to learn the hard way of what it takes to be able to pay off all that money and like how to be uh, better with your financials. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that they don't learn in school. And unfortunately that's something that our education system is lacking, but that's for a different episode. We're definitely going to make something about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's your credit score. It's all these different things. I mean, honestly, just mentally having to see that number growing every single month, every single year, and seeing like you can't do anything about it and you just you feel so helpless about the fact that you have so much debt and you just you're unable to pay it off and you feel like you're just tied down you can't you can't do much like you enjoyed your life up until the moment where now you have to start paying and it's just it's a terrible feeling and it's not a fun feeling and unfortunately a lot of people have to go through it to be able to understand that that's not a way of living to buy things that you don't need until you you would have to sell things that you do need
0: Mm -hmm. no exactly and i guess if you want to tie everything we just talked about right into the story uh, you know there's two schools of thought uh for a lot of you individuals who are really tackling debt and credit card debts in particular there's two ways to kind of look at it from a psychological standpoint you have the avalanche effect which is basically tackling your highest balances and your highest APR uh, credit card expenses. And you're taking those out and you're doing those first while everything else is getting their minimum payments. Or you look at it on the inverse and you do the snowball where you start to pay the most amount and you pay all of your extra surplus money that is uh, essentially coming out of your budget to tackle your lower interest, lower balance accounts. So that psychologically in your head, you you start to get more motivated. You feel a little bit more confident and you start to see all these different line items disappear because you're taking them out quicker than if you started with the highest balance and trying to take that out. It really is a psychological thing. Mathematically, it's probably best to take the APR out. But again, when you're tackling credit card debt, you're not only tackling it from a, you know, do I even have the capability of paying it back with my own income? You're also tackling it from a psychological and mental standpoint because it is a very big fight. It is a very big fight when you get into massive debt. And for a lot of people, this is where depression comes in. This is where you start to think differently in your head. This is where you know financial burden and financial distress come into play, whether if you're in a relationship or have a family. That stuff really spirals, and it spirals fast.
1: And this is um, where bankruptcy
0: I mean, can also come in. Yeah, exactly. Like you have you have so many different options that are obviously all bad. And it just you need to really find a glimpse of hope. And having credit card debt is definitely one way that you can fall on, fall under that. And it's just it's not it's not the way to go. And again, we want to make sure that whichever way you want to tackle it between snowball and avalanche, you can handle it. You you can handle it. You can do it. And you can continue on and and persist because that's some of the biggest topics you can have. I mean, even some of these people in the comments are mentioning some really valuable points. I mean, there's a top comment here by Cord- Uh, They say, but my family told me paying off the highest balance would send me the most money, in quotation marks. So this person's quoting, obviously, the original poster. And then he states, with a family that bad at math, I could see how you ended up in this situation. Pay, pay the highest interest rate. It's that simple. Beyond that, you have to stop using credit cards. You need to cut them all up. Sorry, first of all, before I let you talk, Abe, cutting up your credit cards does not take away debt. It does not eliminate mm-hmm. it. That's that's. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to believe that.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, people. Uh, even like on talk shows, like I think there was, I think Dave Ramsey, if anyone. Uh, knows him. He's uh, supposedly like a someone that gives advice to people that are in a lot of uh debt, but I think a lot of the times he the first thing he asks is like, uh have you cut up your credit cards? Have you done this to your credit cards? I'm like, you cutting your credit cards does not mean that it's it's done. It's going to like be okay. All that stuff is gone. That's not, that's not the case. The only thing that it does is just, it gives you a temporary relief that you feel like, okay, this is going to get better. But I think until you make your first payment and you keep making those payments, it's not going to get better. And I think a lot of the misconception is tear up your credit card, cut your credit card, Get that scissors, cut that credit card. You're going to feel much better. That's your first step. It's not your first step. What do you think, Danny?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, like I was saying in the beginning, cutting it doesn't really do anything. It just stops you from using the credit card entirely. If you're really at that desperation where you need to stop using it, then yeah, go ahead, cut it up, even cancel it too. But the idea is for you to pay off the balance and use it responsibly. How to use it responsibly? The easiest way is if, you treat your credit card like a debit card. That's my rule of thumb. If you have the money to spend, you spend it, and you have to realize that whatever's being taken out of your balance from your debit card is what's going to be paying off your credit card. And if you see your debit card and credit card being two completely different accounts, then at that point, you're thinking of it, you're thinking of it completely wrong. You're just thinking of it in a way that's I would deem irresponsible and a little bit untamed you you're not seeing the effects that what a credit card could have when you see it from a different person having that money and you're borrowing it and you think there's no repercussions behind that. Simply false. You cannot think like that. I mean, what, what kind of pinpoints are, well, how would you kind of tackle credit cards in your own mind? What's your philosophy, Abe?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I got a credit card uh, sophomore year of college, uh, probably should have gotten it a little bit earlier, but uh, honestly, the way I was using them is the same way you were using them. Uh, I feel like if I don't have that money in my debit card, I cannot use my credit card uh, at all. I'm like, okay, if I have $1,000 on my, let's say, debit card, I can only spend up to $1,000 on my credit card. But I also was very uh, knowledgeable about how to use my credit card in the way that I should not use more than 15% of my card if I want to keep such a high credit score, or if I want to increase my credit score much higher. So for me, I was just so focused on how can I get my credit score at such a high level in such a small amount of time. And the way I found it was to make sure that you don't have a big credit usage because credit usage is the biggest component when it comes to your credit score. So I kept it at 15%. I kept paying it right away. So like I would spend, let's say, 50 bucks and I would pay it two days later just so I can keep it like I can keep it running I can get more uh, payments in because the higher payments and the more payments you have on that card as well as your credit usage you're going to get your credit score to just shoot up so fast it's insane I got my credit score up almost 50 points in a matter of four months just by doing that trick and it it works a hundred percent
0: no it's it's a really good point, and mm-hmm. we can talk definitely for sure a little bit more in detail of what a credit score consists of in this next story, too, especially, you know, when you have the ability to pay back debt, it impacts and has a domino effect towards other things as well. So it's really important, definitely, for sure. Um, We're going to quickly go on to our next story, and it starts with credit card debt and no savings, and it starts off by posted by 1T12345. They start off saying, "Sorry for the formatting," and they say, "A mix of bad decisions and medical problems led me to rack up a lot of credit card debt. I currently make eighty-three grand a year. My monthly salary after taxes is forty-eight hundred. I have a hundred in my checking account and no savings. Card debt rounded up to make it easier. Card one has seventy-eight hundred dollars, or seventy-eight hundred with twenty-six APR, and card two has 22 percent. With card three having fourteen thousand dollars in balance." with a 0% APR till June 2023. I also started a new job, and my old job is making me pay back my signing bonus of $4,000, so I will have to have a bill for $4,000 in a week. My new job gave me a signing bonus of $8,500. I plan to use $4,000 of it to pay back my own employer. Do I put the rest of it on my credit card one, or should I keep it because I have no savings? Monthly expenses, rent is $1,500 a month. Subscriptions and Wi-Fi, $132 a month. Transportation 40, food 200. I'm just confused as to where to start. My lease is up in September 2023, so I'm worried about finding a new place if my credit score is still low because of credit utilization. It's important to note that very ending from our previous discussion of credit score because as Abe was mentioning, credit utilization is definitely in the decision-making of what your credit score is, late payments are, how long you've had your credit card, um, I'm missing, there's one more, I can't remember at the tip of my tongue. There's usually four considerations of what would make up uh, your credit score to, to go up or down. But for yeah, the time it's, your, the, it's your history,
1: uh, it's your length, it's the payments, and it's the credit utilization.
0: Yeah. So basically, the idea is that credit cards play a pretty big role into that because it obviously impacts your credit score. And mm-hmm. again, credit score can alter a lot of different things in the future, such as what you'd get for a home home, uh, home uh, loan mortgage or car or literally just taking out uh, loans in general. Like all that is being altered simply just because of your credit score. So mm-hmm. even in this example too, when this person's saying that their lease is up in 2023, you're going to have to get a credit score uh, test or background check on you, especially when you're coming up and trying to rent out a place. Like people look at that. So it's still very important in any kind of aspect of whether you're buying a home or you're renting out a place. I mean, that stuff looks into your credit score, which is very important. And again, credit yeah. cards typically tend to be one of the easy ways of making sure your credit score could go up, which is why it's super important for you to learn. Abe, how yeah. would you tackle this person's story?
1: I mean, I mean, for starters, I think that he should be worried about the lease because as someone that works in real estate and I've had clients that have really bad credit score, it is such a nightmare to find any place that would even accept their uh their contract because the way that the, these these land uh, not landowners homeowners look at it or these investors look at it is you are such a high risk to not pay off you already have this much amount that you didn't pay off how do I know that you're gonna pay my rent that's one second of all if your credit score is that low it also shows them that you have a long history of not paying debt, you're not very smart with your debt. And to be honest, if it was me and it was my apartment, there's no way I would rent to someone that has this much amount of debt because I'd be scared to get my rent. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I think he needs to cut some things off of his his budget because what subscriptions are we talking about here? Like Mm -hmm. you have what, Spotify, you have Netflix, like what do you have? but problem, that, that's that's my yeah so like what what are you doing that like this is it's not like the luxury life and also your rent being 1500 i would try to find something a little bit less than mm-hmm. that because you need to lower your monthly expenses to be able to fit in paying your cards it's either that or you have to get a second job uh it's a numbers mm-hmm. game and this these numbers don't make any sense to me but what what do you think what what is your take on this
0: Oh, yeah. I I think another thing, too, is people always undercut how much they have in their monthly expenses. They always undercut it. People always say, oh, I have in this example, this person's probably spending a little close to maybe like, what is it, like 1830 or 1872 a a month in monthly expenses. Dude, no way. You have to believe that there's other expenses that are miscellaneous, definitely not mentioned, Mm -hmm. not because that this person is not talking about them. Is because things happen in your life, in everyone's life, in which you're gonna have to pay for something that you didn't realize, and then it's gonna come down to your monthly budget again. Since this person is spending less than two grand a month, and they're making forty eight hundred after taxes in their monthly salary, I mean that's a great opportunity to tackle debt pretty fast, especially for your first two cards. And you can wait on your Mm -hmm. third card because you're getting zero APR till June twenty twenty three, so you at least have some time. tackle the first two that are definitely accruing debt so first off pay off your signing bonus that you still owe from your last job the other four thousand try to pay off card one that's my goal and then uh essentially what i would do is just use of my rest of my salary my monthly salary that i have already covered all of my necessary needs for the month pay card off one and then minimum payment off card two And I don't believe you need a minimum payment for card three because no interest is accruing. So for the most part, tackle those, keep doing it, do it repetitively for a couple months until you start to take off card one and card two. And then ultimately, when you're down to card three, just keep doing that same thing. Just keep trying to tackle it as much as you can. Keep to a strict budget. Make sure, like Abe was talking about, you don't really need certain subscriptions out there. Those are definitely luxury. However, there could be a debate, Abe where if there's a certain luxury that's keeping you mentally sane, do you think it'd still be worth it to have it, even if it's an extra 20 bucks a month? Do you think it'd be uh, worth it it? it honestly, I personally, on... exactly. I, I would say it would depend, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it depends, but I love Warren Buffett's quote that says, if you buy things you don't need soon, you will need to sell things you do need. Uh, so a lot of these things, it's right now is not the time to to want to try new things or trying a new app or any of that stuff right now is the time that you have to get serious. You have to get down to business and you have to start paying off these cards because once these cards go the wrong way with these, with these kinds of APRs, like 26% APR and $7,800. Once that goes really bad, uh, it's very hard to catch it and it's, it's terrifying, uh, especially that like, the card three, he has 14,000 on it, 0% till June 2023. What a lot of people don't know is these cards, yes, they're 0% APR until 2023, but failure to pay the $14,000 in full by June 2023, the APR, whatever it is, probably going to be 25% or higher, is going to start from the very first minute you put any money on that card. A lot of people think that it starts from June, 2023. No, a lot of these credit cards hope that you don't know the fact that their APR actually starts from the very first day you started that card and that you started putting money on that card. So you can just imagine how much APR you're going to have on that card. So for me, yes, it's it's dependable on what that item is of luxury, but I don't think that time is the time for luxury. I think it's time to get to the business, make as high cuts as you can, and just pay for only the things that you do need at this point, because it's just, it's gonna go really bad, really fast if you don't.
0: Yeah, for sure. And especially since this person's lease is up in September of later this year, and they only have $100 in their checking account, you are gonna have to pay for most places, at least that I've rented, some kind of first month security deposit down so this mm-hmm. person also better figure out you know how the heck you're even going to come up with that money in the future when you're already paying down this stuff so ideally yeah. you just need to make sure you can one save as much as you can on top of also you know paying off your credit cards and ideally what I would at least do is and try honestly, to knock out cards mm-hmm.
1: No I mean honestly even even if I'm going to take like a flyer on you as like a uh, someone that is a landlord if I'm going to take a fire on you, if the rent is 1500 I am not charging you $1,500. i am going to charge you like 1800 or 1900 because I'm going to try to get as much money out of you as possible before you start not paying because I know for a fact you're not going to be paying me. So a lot of these landlords, they're going to jack up that rent on you because they're going to be like, okay, you can maybe make up like six months, the first six months. And after that, we're going to start to have having problems of you paying me my rent. So I'm going to make some money off of you until you stop paying me rent. And I'm going to have to deal with your hassle and you not paying me. So that's that's something that you also have to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's really two ways, honestly, that you can actually tackle a lot of debt problems. And especially with rent being an ever so problem right now in this environment You either, one, cut your expenses, which is pretty hard to do because for the most part, I would would at least assume, logically speaking and intuitively, that most people try to cut their expenses when they know things are tough. But it's just hard, you know. Sometimes you just don't see it. Sometimes it just might be needed at that time and it's just a bad timing. Or the other way is just to increase your income. And if this person could maybe work on the weekends or figure out an alternative source of income that maybe could help with this in this specific certain situation, then by all means, take that take that situation and run with it. Keep going, try to pay it off and work your butt off. But honestly, with how much this person's making a year, they easily can pay this off, I would say no longer than maybe two years, I feel like even two years is still a long time. But again, when you kind of say mix of bad decisions and medical problems, the medical problems, for sure, you can't excuse that, you know, life happens, that kind of stuff is just like, you know, it. It's it's unfortunate. But for the bad decisions, yeah, that's you can't take that. That's that's such a big excuse of like, come on, why why do you have so much credit cards? Like, you you can't be like, oh, I have all these problems, and then you kind of realize that you've made bad decisions on the log. Like, you got you got to be a responsible adult, you know. And that's another big thing Definitely. that, yeah, it's 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 a really big hassle. It's because like a lot of even people if you look at like the way he's spending up. his monthly,
1: his monthly is subscriptions and Wi-Fi. It's one hundred and thirty-two per month, and his food. It's 200 per month. (laughs) Like, those are so close. They are super close to each other, and they shouldn't be. Like, he's basically prioritizing subscriptions and Wi-Fi. Well, I mean, okay, we all can't live without Wi-Fi. But subscriptions and Wi-Fi is practically almost the same amount as food every single month. Something is wrong with his equation.
0: Yeah, and again, this person doesn't have any savings, and the math's not adding up to be having this massive salary. I mean, again, if they maybe just joined the company and it sounds like they just joined recently saying that they have to pay back their own employer, then yeah, I can understand the savings isn't essentially there yet, but mathematically, there still has to be a reason as to why you have nothing and why this is such a big issue because all of the expenses are most definitely not there. I can think of a bajillion expenses right now that I'm, I'm trying to pay off or that I've been paying off monthly. And this person only has simply four and in four categories, doesn't talk anywhere about utilities. It doesn't talk about any kind of insurance. It doesn't talk anything about car because transportation can mean anything. It could be very general. It could be gas. It could be the actual car maintenance itself. It does on a monthly basis. It could be talking about train. It, I mean, it does isn't even specify. So that's where a lot of issues can come into play. Yeah. What kind of transportation food, is only 40 bucks? Yeah. Like it's again, you don't know. And the fact that people like this are coming up with very vague responses makes it not only difficult for us to kind of give an opinion, but also people just need to own up to what's going on and they need to give the best light to get the best advice. That's honestly how a lot of people need to go about it. And again, just to reiterate from all of our past episodes, this is by no means no financial advice. All of what we're saying in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. We really just like to give light and spread awareness on very specific and also very general as well topics that I believe a whole lot of individuals, especially millennials, Gen Zs, even older uh, individuals themselves struggle with. And I feel like we really want to spread that across everyone. Everyone deserves to learn about the importance of these and what it actually means. Is there any final remarks A, before we we close off episode
1: three? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think you, you, you said it pretty well. Uh, The fact that like, this is something that we're not like financial advisors, but we do care about the fact that people should be more financially educated. Uh, mm-hmm. We were like, we were at least blessed to be able to go into the business school and learn all this stuff. But in high school and all that, we didn't get to learn this stuff. And exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see anyone to be blamed except like, the fact that we didn't learn it, uh, and especially mm-hmm. the fact that if we're going to go into a recession or a, a pretty bad downturn in the economy, having that kind of debt will definitely hold a higher toll on you. Uh, if things become much much worse, like things, just the cost of living is much higher. It's it's going to start getting really bad really fast. So if you have the opportunity to be able to tackle your debt today and pay it off all in like the next couple of months. I would do so as fast as possible because if if the economy does go down uh and cost of living goes up, it's it's going to get much harder to be able to pay that off and you're going to be at such such stressful times. But uh yeah, I mean honestly, I would stay tuned to our episodes and yeah. What do you what do you got to say, Danny?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think you said it perfectly right now in an ever so changing environment, it's all about being a responsible adult and being on top of our finances. And again, a lot of us, I for me, I'd love to retire early. But again, you have to be a responsible adult. You have to think in the current times and in the future simultaneously. It's all about making sure you're taking care of both now and and what's going to happen to you. And since no one can predict what's going on, it's best to be well prepared. And definitely credit card debt is something that a lot of individuals need to make sure. So hopefully, maybe in foreseeable future, we see credit cards, financial budgeting, you know, things of that kind of sense being implemented um, early on for children, just so that they have a better understanding from a financial literacy uh, literacy perspective. So let's leave it on that positive note. Again, please treat your credit card like a debit card. If I if you learn anything in this, it's that treat it like a debit card. This is not your money. Thanks everyone. Take care.